What a mad race. Mexicans, they just love Formula One, don't they, Damon? It's just a carnival the whole time. It was all about Checo, wasn't it, really? Now, here's the thing, folks. We're doing something a bit different. Because of the schedule this week, Damon's jumping on a plane. So we're actually recording inside the Formula One paddock. We can see the Forosol Stadium behind us, where that podium took place. There's a lot of background noise, but the vibe, and we're now two hours after the race, is still astonishing. Yes, it is. I think that, you know, with 22 million Mexicans in Mexico City, they probably, I don't know if they have far to go, but it'll be gridlock out there, won't it? I mean, you know, it's normally gridlock anyway, but without having a big event like this. Well, there's no hurry to leave, but let's get this show on the road, Damon. Yeah. This is the F1 Nation podcast. For the third consecutive race, he's going to extend his lead in the Drivers' Championship. And for the third time here, he wins the Mexico City Grand Prix. Max Verstappen crosses the line a long, long way clear of the rest. Yes! What a race. <laughs> oh, that was great, guys. What an unbelievable pace in the car. Hamilton finishes second. I gave it a driver on the podium in his home race Sergio Perez comes home to finish third I'm so happy we won in my country thank you guys now time for some tequila Welcome, folks. It is, as Damon says, the F1 Nation podcast with me, Tom Clarkson, the 96 world champion, Damon Hill. And I am delighted to say that we have, what do we call you, Jack? Our Dutch correspondent, Jack yeah, Ploy yeah, uh, correct, from Ziggo, Ziggo Sport. It's great to have you with us as well. Tom, and, Damon, thank you. Hey, Jack, I'm guessing Holland is a happy place as well tonight. Yesterday was a different ball game. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah, totally shocked. Holland was shocked. Yeah, absolutely. Was Red Bull not performing well or was Mercedes Lana doing well? That was the big question. Well, what did you conclude? Uh, we concluded that Red Bull uh, didn't do their job properly. Mercedes didn't do extremely well. They did very good, good teamwork. And their teamwork didn't work today. Is that correct what I say? Yeah. Well, so it, it was a Mercedes front row lockout with the the two Red Bulls behind. Damon, did you get excited after qualifying? Did you think, oh, hang on a minute, hang on. Yeah, I did. And I, and I kept thinking back to, you remember when uh, Lewis was uh, huffing puffing about uh, Red Bull being six tenths or four tenths quicker than him? And he was, he was sort of going, man, it's six tenths or something. Oh. I was thinking, is he putting this on? You know, so we were all wondering whether Mercedes was sandbagging because obviously in qualifying, they put it on the front row. But now we found out the answer. They weren't sandbagging. I think it was more that Red Bull got it all wrong in qualifying. They did. But can I have a bit of a shout out for Valtteri Bottas? All right. I thought in quali he did a really good job. What do you think? Jack? Yeah, excellent. Absolutely. Amazing. We were surprised. And there he is again. Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, suddenly he pops up. He, he can do this. Yeah. He can do a one lap qualifying on his top level. I've got this theory that since he's been given his marching orders by Mercedes, he's relaxed and he's become a better racing driver. What does our in-house racing driver think of that? I agree with you. I think he seems much more relaxed and I think he's delivered some fantastic qualifying performances. But I've often said, you know, what is the difference? People ask, what is the difference between a the world, the great world champions, and uh, and and the rest of us, you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I think the answer is it's consistency. It's a being able to do it all the time, not just occasionally. 
And so, but Valtteri's a very fine driver. He's done a fantastic job, but you're right. He's kind of been uh, released a little bit from whatever was, was holding him back before. How was it for you? I mean, Jack, do you remember back to 1996? This man sat next to me is fighting for the world championship. And then I think it was the Hungarian Grand Prix. We all got word that he wasn't going to be a Williams driver the following year. And did you in any way feel a sense of release or was it just frustration after that? Well, I thought I felt like, OK, that's fine. They can't chuck me out mid-season. So I've got I've got one half season <laughs> left can. to be able to count. They can. Well, they could have. Yeah, it didn't happen that often in those days. But um, you tend to say, OK, well, to yourself, look, all that matters is using what you have been given and using it for yourself. And so you become a little bit more selfish. You don't worry about what other people think and don't worry about what they want, you know, whether you're satisfying anyone else. You just have to satisfy yourself. Do you know what I worry? Today, when Valtteri and Ricciardo, they had a little fight at the beginning. They both went off, so no problems for the stewards of the meeting, I think. But then Valtteri was behind Ricciardo for a long time. Can you imagine? I would have eaten that car because that guy in front of you ruined your race. And then I see a Veltri Bottas, which I don't think he's a tiger. Because I think he would have, huh? What would you have done? Everything to get rid of that car in front of you. Well, if you'd had a car that had an advantage, I mean, you need, you need quite a big advantage here to get past anyone. But you, you had a go. But I mean, a couple of points. I don't want to turn this into a kind of a criticism of Valtteri. No, but, no, of no, course not. That's um, what, no, no, never. No, but you know, you're, you're right. When you're looking at a car which uh, McLaren which is you, you assume is not as good as Mercedes then why didn't uh, Valtteri get past and we've got we've been joined here by um, someone who knows a little bit about Red Bull <laughs> <laughs> Alex Albon so it's brilliant our, our vantage point we're, we're sat in seats between the Red Bull and the Mercedes hospitality now Alex very quickly your car was dynamite around this racetrack wasn't it did it go even better today than you were expecting it was good obviously I think actually well, I have to kind of understand where the pace of qualifying went, but you can almost see it as the reason why we couldn't get the tyre switched on is maybe why the race itself went so well, because um, the tyre life, the tyre egg was uh, was very good. And obviously Max had a very good start, which always helps. But also Checo was, was super quick the whole the whole race. So um, it seems to be a good track for us, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I would say if you speak to Will, who's our strategist, he wouldn't have said uh, we'll come out with a, a first and a third. Are you the reason Yuki Tsunoda is coming on so strong in the second <laughs> half of this season? No, no, not at all. But he's, he's, um, he's finding his feet, he's finding confidence, and that's really what it is in Formula 1, especially with these cars. There's such a small window in them. And also, it's just good to have someone to talk to, I think, for, you know, he's kind of, he's in, from Japan, he's come here, and it's all new. Alex, thanks. Travel safe. So we have got the whole of the Red Bull team uh, walking past us now. What chance of persuading Checo Perez? Checo! 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 Are you ever going to have to pay for dinner in Mexico ever again? Well, I paid on... What was it? On Wednesday. <laughs> I got all the team together and <laughs> that was a pretty expensive night. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I don't think I'll get away with it. Checo, what, what a tremendous weekend by you. It's just... Uh, it's all coming together for you, isn't it? Yeah, but it's... It's important to finish on a high, you know, because at the end of the day, it's what really matters to get both championships and, and keep the momentum for the team. Travel safe to Brazil. Thanks.
Oh, there he is, the man. The, the man himself, the, the, the leader of the band, uh, Christian Horner. It's brilliant. We've had all your guys coming past us. Checo reckons he's not going to have to pay for dinner in Mexico ever again. I don't think you will either, will you? No, no. Look, I mean, we've had the most amazing reception since we arrived. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a uh, you know, phenomenal atmosphere. And to have a Mexican for the first time on the podium here, uh, was where you saw the atmosphere, was unbelievable. Max said after the race that he doesn't believe in momentum. Do you? Because it seems to me that you've got a lot of momentum now. I think, you know, for us at this stage of the championship, it's about doing the basics well. And I think today, you know, we know that we had good starts, we had good strategy, good pit stops, good reliability. The drivers did, you know, manage the race, you know, brilliantly well. So uh, that's what we need out of the last four races. Still a lot of points, you know, on the on the table. So, uh, uh, you know, we just got to take it one day at a time. It's not in the pocket then? No, it's never in the pocket until uh, the fat lady or Damon sings at the end of the year. So, <laughs> Damon? Uh, oh. You know. I will sing for you if you, you know. There you go. Get there you go. That's, that's on record. Damon Hill sings. Abu Dhabi, Damon. I, I think... for our Christmas party, actually. So uh, we could, you know, this could be it. If you win the championship, I'll come to your Christmas party because that's going to be some party. Absolutely. Well done, Christian. It was, uh, it was fab. And actually, just before you go, we had Checo there. Um, do you feel it is coming together for him now? I think for Checo, look, um, you know, his confidence has been growing. I think this car is not the easiest car to get your head around it took him a few races you know in the earlier in the year but i think he's he's worked it out i think we've managed to help him a bit with the setup as well and and of course that biggest thing is confidence and i think the confidence for him is really coming in the belief of what he can do and i think it's just at the right time for us because we really need him to be a factor in the next four races Christian, thank you travel safe see you, see you in brazil so um what, what about this momentum thing guys uh, for max you mean yeah i've seen max for many years and not so relaxed as he is now. It's, it's amazing for a guy 24 years old, Tom. Can you imagine? But I mean, I remember interviewing him when he'd first got his F1 drive and he was 17. 17, yeah. Okay, I'd never met a 17-year-old who could cope with questions and thinking of you know, quick language. answers, different yeah. language. My God, honestly, I couldn't string a word together when I was 17. No. I, you know, it was no. all I could do to you know yes I, no that's it yes yeah. you know i would be totally intimidated by the and he he's gone to what well, i mean all he could do is screw up at uh, in Zanvo, wasn't it i mean yeah and he kept but he didn't huh? he but he didn't. didn't but he didn't no. that was amazing uh, this is turning into a red bull fest timing oh. is everything but <laughs> oh, look at this perez it's uh a little <laughs> it's a little give because <laughs> <laughs> people listening to this can't see what is what's going on here but but uh, Antonio is holding a pit board, which says, yes, Perez P3. Hey, Antonio, now, as, as Damon says, a lot of people listening to this will have seen you next to the podium celebrations, but this is Checo's 15th podium in Formula One. You've seen them all, obviously. Just how proud were you when he, when he was stood up on the podium there in the Forosol? This is the most important, I think so. Not only for Checo, for the people, for the Mexican people, everybody's exciting. In the in the autodromo in the country, many people watch in the TV in Puerto Vallarta, in Guadalajara or Monterrey. The people is excited, and it's incredible for the economy. Look, the grandstand, many many people, uh, the hotels, restaurants, everybody's full now here in Mexico in the country, Cancun, Tulum, and other parts of Mexico. Is Mexico in love with Formula One, or is it in love with your son? I think so both. But do you remember when you the interview of Checo, 
remember many years ago is very different. I think so the relation of Red Bull and Checo is one of the best for the world. I think so the future is incredible for both. Are we going to see you at all four remaining races <laughs> this year? Antonio, you seem to be a, a lucky mascot for, for Checo. I think so now the most important is the win the championship, the Max win and the Honda win the championship. It's the most important. Uh, the future is the future. Well done to you and your Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to say. Did you hear that? He said, I want Max to win. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he, uh, you know, Checo's been quite useful in that, in that regard, hasn't he? He's, you know, he, he very nearly took points off or took a place off of Lewis today. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Did you think, guys, at any point that Checo was going to pass Lewis Hamilton yeah, yeah, for yeah. second? You yeah, did? Yeah, I did. The first attempt. But then he had to, to bend off a little bit. I think he could, could have made it. But yeah. Uh, think yeah. if maybe not yeah mm. uh, uh, yeah I think that you know it's just only Lewis's brilliance really kept him ahead actually to be honest on the on used tyres and right at the end he managed to keep the gap just big enough he had to they expected after that good qualifying to have a good race but then if you see that what is it 40 meters outside the first corner Valtteri said to me in the view I don't know if he said it to you in the press conference Tom but he said to me I thought he couldn't make it he passed him and felt said, he's not going to make it, but he did. He did. And that was the victory of Max outside first corner. It's lights out and away we go here. And Bottas and Hamilton getting away ahead of Verstappen and Perez. Into turn one we go. Verstappen is into the lead ahead of Hamilton. Bottas gets tagged by Daniel Ricciardo. Perez goes onto the grass, but it's Verstappen the lead. He got the toe, he got the slipstream, he got the lead. I was surprised at the toe that Max Verstappen got off the, the cars in front. I mean, it was... He had two Mercedes, he was behind them, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at the, the extent of the toe. Were you? Uh, yeah, but really what Valtteri did was he had his eyes on Lewis, you know, and he and actually that's... He just opened a massive door for, for Max. When you get a toe um, and two cars are occupying the whole track and there's nowhere to go, you have to lift off. You know, so he didn't have to lift off because was, was, um, Valtteri was too busy defending against Lewis going down the inside and then opened the perfect lineup on the outside on, a, on the grippy part of the track so he could break as late as he wanted. But and it's not a rule in racing that never go in the middle. Choose a side. Don't go in the middle of the track. Is that well, a rule? if you go in the middle, you've got to weave a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, but what else could he have done, Jack? I mean... Yeah, you know, nothing. He didn't really. Did he? Did he turn to the right? Take your loss. That's the only thing he could have done. Take your loss and let him go. But it's not a racing instinct. Yeah. I mean, I think talking to. I have to say, I think that uh, Toto said to us that he thought that even if Lewis had got the advantage in the early part of the race, then um, then Rebel still would have won it. Max Verstappen. Well, not his win number 18 in his Formula One career. Win number nine of 2021 and continues his march at the top of the Drivers' Championship where for 11 of the last 14 races he has led. Four races to go. People will ask the questions, can he be stopped now? Mathematically, of course, but Adrian Newey seems to have designed him a very good car. And Well, 30 years after his first win here, he lifts the Constructors' uh, Trophy. It's um, his design and driver talent in, in pure bond, isn't it? Adrian, 
this is a Red Bull Festa <laughs> show. We've spoken to Christian, we've spoken to Checo, but many congratulations on a, on a superb, um, well, not just race here, but Austin as well. It's, it's really coming together, isn't it? Well, it's been a good couple of races for sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, a long way to go. We were obviously kind of going into Silverstone. We were feeling quite good and it all fell apart two, by two races later. We were behind in both championships. So we know how quickly it can change, but today was a good day. And what about the pace of your main rivals? Well, I think, I mean, today our benefit was Tardeg was better. We, we underperformed in qualifying yesterday. Um, Max obviously did a great job at the start. And then it's, as I say, the tyre deg was what gave us the benefit, which was, you know, these tyres are so difficult to predict um, we, when you're going to be better on deg, when you're going to be worse than deg compared to, to Mercedes. Um, today worked out well, but the tyres are still a, a black art and I don't think anybody, any of us can claim to fully understand them. A lot of people think since, since you have been back on track, the success is back. Is that correct? Uh, that's very kind, but maybe it's coincidence. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be too, you know, I, hopefully, I, I enjoy being here. Hopefully, I. Now, when I saw you in, in Austin, you were very active on that front wing with your mind, with, with instructions, going back and forth. Yeah. How, how much is your influence then? No, I mean, I enjoy being back. Missed it. Um, I, hopefully, I bring something, but it's, you know, it's a great team, so. I just uh, try and fill in the little tracks if I see them. I would expect that you would say on the track you can't do that much. It's more homework in England. Or can you do so much things here on the no, track? No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's so many little bits at the track. The decisions on the de details of the setup, how we use the tyres. In Austin, you say we had some reliability concerns over the front wing grounding here. We had a, a drama of the rear wing going into qualifying. So, or post FP3, which race cars aren't 100% reliable. They keep throwing things at you. <laughs> Adrian, just before you go, how much are you enjoying this battle? Well, it'd be even more enjoyable if it's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's stressful, but no, I mean, for sure, it's, 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 it's nice to be back in a position where we can be threatening. Are you enjoying this battle more than the battle you had back in 1996 with the man on my left? Well, I mean, 1996 was a fabulous year because fairly early on, actually, it was uh, it was clear we had a pretty decent car. So really, from about mid-season, became a, a a battle between Damon and Jack. From just about the moment you sacked Damon mid-season, <laughs> nothing to do with me. <laughs> that was definitely not not Adrian. No. No. But you know that was that was 25 years ago, Adrian. I mean, you know, you've won quite a lot of races since then, haven't you? I mean, it's very, very impressive. Uh, I'm very worried about your rear wing there. It keeps falling apart. What, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, two. I mean, we, we had a problem in Texas, which was completely unrelated to the problem we had here. I think here, it's the same wing as we would normally run in uh, Monaco and Hungary, but because of the low air density, then everybody runs maximum downforce here. But the, the fact that you get to terminal velocity means it's actually carrying more load than it would do in Hungary. And that seemed to be what was catching us out. So trying to understand that and hasty modifications between FP3 and qualifying happily seemed to do the trick. I got one, one more question. Where would you put this car? Because I think I, I sent you a message after Bahrain because that car looked so beautifully balanced. Where would you put this car on your scale of cars that you've produced, of the many cars that you produce? I mean, I love the FW18, obviously, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if you were very particularly pleased with this car. It's not been the dominant car that the FW18 was, but to be, I guess, having kind of been in a situation since 2014 where we haven't been able to mount a fully competitive championship, I think, in fairness to ourselves, there have been times between 2014 and now where we have had a chassis that's been very, very competitive, but we haven't had the power unit to go with it. This year we've we've got a good power unit with Honda. They're doing a great job, and yeah, the, the Honda and the thing is very is very good, isn't it? It's come at the right time for you. Yeah, yeah, it has. So and and that's exciting to because it's it's a bit depressing when you kind of can come up with a good car, but you still can't in truth threaten. Adrian, you're a superstar. Well done. It's great to see you guys going so well. And thanks for your time. Thanks for dropping. Thank by. you. I get. I'm in awe of that man. Yeah. His longevity in Formula One, the fact that he keeps coming up with these new ideas, he just nails it year in, yeah. year out. Genius is a, is a word that's sometimes not, not properly applied, but I think he has, he is, he, yeah. he has a, an insight that I have not seen in anybody else. Uh, you know, Colin Chapman was his hero. I think you could say Colin perhaps is up there. Very, very few designers, you know, Gordon Murray's and people like that, but Adrian has produced race-winning Grand Prix cars, so many, with different teams as well, you know. He's, yeah. He is the magic ingredient. Did you enjoy working with him? Of course I did, I, I, I know. Not beyond the obvious that he gave you a good car, but as a, as a work colleague. Yeah, no, I really like Adrian, and love is, is not too strong a word, you know. And when you've got someone who is helping you win a world championship, and he's as brilliant as Adrian is. You know, you know you've got someone on your side who's, uh, you know, is very important. And but he wants to win. You know, he's so competitive. He is. He Does just, he listen to you, drivers? Yes, and that's what I think is his special talent. But I, I think he he spent a lot of time in Indy, and he knew the importance of confidence because when you're going around an oval, super speed oval that they were used to do, um, you know, <laughs> there's more time in the driver than there is in the car. Frankly, you mm -hmm. know, if the driver thinks he's going to crash at that speed, then he doesn't like it. So you that's can... why he's so lucky with Max now. His brilliant car has a brilliant driver. Yeah. It comes together. Yeah. And um, so he's, he, he'll obviously appreciate Max's ability. Um, but um, when you've got someone who's sort of listening to what you're saying, he understands that the driver, his confidence, is a big factor in the speed of the car, delivering what's, what's the, the potential of the car is. Jack, have you seen or heard from Max? Has he discussed his relationship with Adrian? Do you think they're as tight as perhaps Damon and Adrian were? Yeah, yeah, and I've heard that they want to stay at Red Bull. Why should they change? That was a big surprise for me in Austin because it was the first time I met and I could have the chat with Jos and, and Raymond together, relaxed on the terrace next to us on the Red Bull Terrace. And then they said, let's stay here. Why should we change? Let's stay with Red Bull. Adrian will make a new car. Let's do it. It was a surprise for me. So that many years ahead, I think, for Adrian and Max, hopefully, fingers crossed. And if Max wins the world championship this if. year, right? First thing, <laughs> when he does it, can you come back on the show? <laughs> As we want to talk about it. But how big is it going to be in Holland, uh, the country explodes. Absolutely, very big. You saw it in Sandvoort. Um, he did. He delivered, and he stayed cool. That was amazing for us as well. We were more excited and more <laughs> than he. He yeah. just said, "Okay, uh, one, thank you. Next race, guys. We've discussed Merck and Red Bull. 
Let's move it further down now because I want to talk about Pierre Gasly. Yeah, he was not very visible on TV, but he also drove a very good race. Sensational yeah. race. Pierre Gasly will take fourth ahead of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Yeah, that was amazing. Amazing. I hope you enjoyed this one. I enjoyed well, it. was a bit lonely, but uh, honestly, I had everything under control and uh, the car was so nice to drive, so thanks a lot, guys. The job that that guy's doing this year is yeah. as good as... Checo Perez or better? I think it's the same category. Yeah, I think it's any time he can lead and and also deliver the maximum of the potential of the car, which is what he does on a regular basis. And he seems confident in himself too, without being overly um, brash. You know? So uh, no, he's 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 got talent, that guy, and it clearly has. But the question is, what happens when he when a driver like that goes to Red Bull? Um, we've seen so many drivers bounced out of Red Bull. We were talking to Alex Albon earlier. You know, I always felt that Checo, because he's had so much more experience, would be able to stand up to the forces within Red Bull that would make it difficult for a young driver. And so this is something that they have to learn um, is to be a bit tougher when it comes to negotiating their, their place. And, they, and I, I think when you're beholden to Red Bull because uh, they supported your career, it's very difficult to, to say, hey, wait a minute, I want it this way. So even if you've got Adrian there, you know, Adrian's, eventually they turn around and they go, you know, you're going to have to find the performance in yourself. We've now got this intriguing situation in, in the team's championship where Alpine and Alpha Tauri are tied on 106 points, fifth and sixth. Who's your money on, Jack? Who's going to finish Ooh. ahead out of those two teams? Alpha Tauri. Seems to me they've got the better car. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the focus for uh, Alpine is more on next year. I think Alpha Tauri has to support Red Bull in getting their championship. So they're putting more effort in this car, in this championship. And Alpine is already for next year. It doesn't sit comfortably with me, though, that Alpine boss Laurent Rossi said very recently, 100 races. We want to be gunning for the world championship in 100 races. 98 <laughs> to go. Pooh. Why put that pressure on yourself? No, okay, setting a goal is not bad. Hundreds, very precise number, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, in about, well, it's usually they say... I could have said 50. It would yeah, yeah, be close. Like Aston Martin has said, they give themselves five years, you know, <laughs> but by the time we get to four, year four, we'll have forgotten whether it's five years or six years. But, um, but five years is also 100 no, races. You, you know, you've got... I, I don't know why they say They should just say, listen, our goal is to eventually get into a winning position. That's what we're here to do, and we'll keep trying until we get there. And then when we get there, we're going to try and stay there. I mean, yeah, you're right. I think putting a deadline on it is always a bit of a danger. <laughs> but maybe he wants to get the money from the suppliers and set the goal there, and then he knows the money will come. Hey, we're talking about Ferrari. They were fifth and sixth. Leclerc. That was fifth. strange, wasn't it, at the end? They swapped back. Yeah, well, they had an agree. You know, I think they let Carlos have a go to see if he could get Gasly, but he couldn't. And so because he couldn't, they said, oh, all right, as you were, Leclerc wasn't too happy about letting Carlos pass. But... Um, so they put that right. It's the right thing to do. Was there any danger for Pierre then? Were they getting closer? Not enough, no. They no. eventually know. No. And you never know what he had in hand. But um, yeah, I mean, so, uh, they, they sort of said, oh, it was a good day. But really, Ferrari shouldn't be fighting over fifth and sixth or wherever it was. No. So it should be, on the, only a few years ago, they were on the front row here. But then they had yeah, to change row. Their, 
you don't want a front row anymore here. No, you don't want the no. front row. Front row is a disaster. Yeah, isn't it? yeah it's, horrible. It's, it's, Mexico yeah. front row Never works. Never. No. <laughs> Next year, everyone's deliberate. The, the front runners are going to be going deliberately yeah. slowly. Oh, slow down. Yeah. We don't want the front row. <laughs> I was thinking about this, you know, because actually, technically and statistically, it's proven that you want to be uh, on the second row. But who is going to turn down the chance of being on the front row? You know, it's a very difficult thing to turn down, isn't it? No, no, I'm not going for pole position today. Yeah, huh? no, uh, really. I don't think that's... <laughs> no, that's never. just not in uh, racing no. drivers or race teams' makeup, no. is it? No. Do you know, and the disappointing thing about Ferrari being fifth and sixth and Lando Norris, the only McLaren in the points, down in tenth, is that this really close fight for P3 in the Constructors' Championship that has been such a, a brilliant sideshow to the main event. There's now 13 and a half points between those two teams. Ferrari ahead of McLaren and you ask the guys at McLaren they say no Ferrari do have the better car at the minute it'll be interesting to see what McLaren can drag back out of this season but it's it's looking hard I think for them to finish P3 that was bad luck for Ricciardo today was it bad luck racing driver what did you think of well, uh, Daniel Ricciardo in my opinion outbreaking himself and hitting the back of Valtteri Bottas we know this business about what what is a racing line. It's, it's to it's to make the corner as shallow as possible. Well, he made it as tight as possible, didn't he, by going down the inside. So you got one option: you can stop and then turn right, ninety right, which he couldn't do, or you could um, uh, you can go straight across. And it basically, what happened? He couldn't. He hadn't got enough. And it's the dirty side of the track. Um, but Valtteri did did cut into the apex, which I think is it's always worth leaving a bit of space at the beginning part of the race. I used to try and kind of look really vague about where I was going and then that, I hope that that put people off <laughs> not knowing whether I was going to go right or left um, so yeah just taking the normal racing line into the first corner of a, of a race was, was probably not as a good move from Valtteri so anyway yeah I don't think I think Danny should have backed out of that a bit earlier guys anything else caught your eye in this race before we move on I mean Vettel 7th Raikkonen an 8th yeah, yeah I mean he's performing well isn't he now he's about to give up um <laughs> So it's all a bit bizarre, isn't it? You've got these um, interesting old drivers having a nice time whilst they, whilst they still can. Is Giovinacci keeping his place, boys? What did he, he finished 11th, didn't he? Well, the team, Fred Vasseur, Alfa Romeo boss, said that they're going to make the decision shortly, I think is what we can say. What do you think, Jack? Do you think... And, uh, the Andretti deal is off. 100% and off. I think yeah. they didn't grab Giovinacci. They just kept him on hold. I think they can continue with him. Or should they do a young guy into the team? Oscar Piastri. Yeah, Piastri. What do you think of Giovinazzi? I think he's clearly got, has has his moments, but I haven't seen, it's not like he's a Pierre Gasly. You know, it's not like he's someone who's um, Sean, I would say. You know, good, able driver, had his moments, but... but, um, So what will Fred do with the team? With, With Valtteri? He can put somebody next to him where he can invest in the future, maybe. How have you find it, Jack? Do you enjoy hanging out in Mexico City? I mean, there's very few places that we come to on this on what this I world championship. This year is that it's more relaxed on the streets. We we have a shorter drive to the track. Normally, is that we because you're in a different hour. hotel? Or? No, no, no. It, I think it's it's what they they keep the the crossings open. We we always had a terrible problem to get cross another crossing. Because the cars were blocking every crossing, and they they, they changed a I know a what bit. this is. Dutch TV gets a police escort. That's what you're telling us, isn't it? 
No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. But we're enjoying this, and we're now going to Cancun for two days. Well, you have a great time. I think Carlos Sainz was there, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he was. Before, yeah. before this before race. This race yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be just popping on uh, a plane, and what is it? It's about 5,000 miles south, isn't it, Sao Paulo from here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long flight. Yeah, here. yeah. So but then we'll, we'll, we'll see you there. The same fight again? The same fight, yes. I'm really hoping, because I, I, I like this idea of the championship going down to the wire, because I don't want the championship to be over. I've got, I've got Qatar and Saudi Arabia, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to be there when it happens. Now, yeah. Hey, Damon, you mentioned Saudi Arabia. Now, uh, Rosanna Tennant, who is a Formula One presenter and broadcaster, went to Jeddah only last week to check on progress, and I caught up with her yesterday to ask her all about it. Rosanna, welcome back to F1 Nation. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, always love talking to you, but specifically, I wanted to ask you about Saudi Arabia because you've just come back from the track. Uh, what did you find in Jeddah? Yeah, I was out there last week just for 48 hours, a fleeting trip. And what I found was a lot of hard work. Construction is well underway, building the Jeddah Corniche circuit. Uh, I have never seen so many people working on a construction site. Everywhere you look, things are happening. You forget, because we go to these wonderful racetracks around the world, you forget what goes in to making a race circuit. It's not just laying asphalt. You've got to make sure you've got areas for the fans, you've got areas for paddock club, the pit building, the paddock for the teams and drivers to spend their time in over the course of a race weekend. So everywhere I looked, there was activities going on, but I have to say it is starting to look like a racetrack, Tom. And what kind of racetrack have we got when we get there? I mean, I've, I've read reports that it's going to be one of the fastest street circuits in the world. It is going to be. That right. is what they are aiming for, the fastest street circuit on the Formula One calendar. It's going to be incredibly fast flowing. Uh, there are 27 corners, but Tom, between you and me, the corners are quite hard to find. Apart from, I, I, you know, I found turn 13, the banked turn 13. I found turn 27, the last turn on the circuit, but they're quite tricky because it's so fast flowing. You're kind of like, oh, there was a corner, there was a corner. Uh, so we're going to see some hugely fast speeds, 320 kilometers an hour. Um, it's going to be thrilling I think and of course all under the lights were you seeing the asphalt being laid I mean Tom, in front of your eyes was it going down we went on the wet asphalt and when I say nearly I mean did um it I'm was look being out laid. for your size eights as we're walking around <laughs> size eights so size tens don't tell anyone um they were laying it as we were there we were watching them rolling it and of course they've got to make sure it's absolutely perfect for Formula One. Uh, the levels of precision, uh, three layers of asphalt they're using out there. Uh, and it was fascinating watching it all come together. And I said we were there for 48 hours and we went there twice. So we did some filming on the first day, went back again for the second evening. So we had a bit of continuity with my filming and you could already see the steps that they were making. It's 24 seven construction shifts. They are there all the time. And you actually could see the changes from one day to the next. Amazing, amazing. And Michael Massey, the FIA's race director, was there as well. What did he make of it? Yeah, he was there. So he was doing a track walk, a bit like they do on a normal race weekend at a, a track that's already been built. But he was there with the Tilka um, project managers and the construction guys walking the track, just checking that everything was kind of coming together as it should be. Because, of course, the track gets handed over to Formula One and the FIA. And then everybody with the expertise comes in and, and puts in the, the safety barriers. Uh, we've got safety barriers coming from America, Tom, because they need the to be so special, so special. 
exist. Uh, the ones that NASCAR use, essentially. Um, so once all of those uh, people come to the track and bring their expertise, we are going to have a, a sensational F1 track. It's going to be a night race. It's an 8.30 start local time. What sort of temperatures are we going to find at night there? Well, when we arrived in Saudi Arabia, I was told, you've come at a really good time. It's just got a bit cooler. And I was like, it's 36 degrees. Uh, so it was cooling down a little bit in terms of, sort of seasonal temperatures. But when the sun goes away, it really does drop off. The temperature drops away. And the wind actually got up a little bit. I was having trouble with my pieces to camera, Tom. My hair was kind of <sighs> rustling in the breeze uh, because you are, of course, next to the Red Sea on one side. And then actually we've got two bodies of water that the, the track passes between. You've got a lagoon. It's going to be rather lovely. I know you're in the media centre at the tracks and you're going to be on an island. Uh, so bring, you know, your sun cream. Uh, <laughs> and and then on the other side. The summer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Red Sea on the other side. So the wind gets up a little bit, um, but the temperatures do ebb away in the night. So that's going to be an interesting challenge because I'm sure some of the sessions, a bit like we see in Bahrain, will take place in the blazing heat of the day and then it will be cooler at the night time. Right, and what about lights? What do we got? Well, it felt a bit like daylight when I was walking around. They, they kindly turned the lights on for us so we could see what they were going to be like. Uh, 1,200 lux and... So that sort of creates the same sort of light strength that we see in Singapore. Uh, so the drivers will feel a little bit like it's daylight. We've got 627 lampposts around the track. And of course, there are going to be other lights as well on the bridges. We've got, uh, interestingly, you'll like this, the cars pass under three structures. So three bridges, as it were. One's called the Royal Overlook. And then there are two other parts that they pass underneath. And that's the most underpasses that we go through on a Formula One track. There you go. So 27 corners, three underpasses. There's a lot of unique features <laughs> to this circuit, Tom. Now look, as was proven in Mexico this weekend, you cannot predict this Formula One season, but I'm going to ask you to predict which car it's going to suit. I mean, we know it's going to be very fast. Is it going to be a Mercedes track? Is it going to be a Red Bull track? Or is there just no way of knowing at this point? I feel like it might be more to Mercedes liking. Uh, it's incredibly fast flowing, as I mentioned. Uh, it hasn't got any of those sort of slower corners that we've come to sort of associate with Red Bull. Uh, I would say perhaps it is a bit more of a traditional circuit. The Middle Eastern tracks, a bit like that, the, the sort of Bahrain's and uh, Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, I think maybe Mercedes. Wow. It sounds very exciting. Rosanna, thank you very much for the update. And Great I'm to not see going. you again. I'm not going to the oh, no. race. I'm going to be in the commentary box in the UK. So I can't wait to see and hear what you think of it. Um, and I think it's going to be a cracking race. And who knows, it could be the championship decided. No, no, that's going to happen in Abu Dhabi. Oh, well, OK, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a track. Seriously fast. Twenty. She said 27 corners. Well, banked corners. It's got to be it all. the fastest city track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know how fast Baku is, or parts of Baku. So exciting to be there. And um, and the great thing is, Damon, the scuba diving on the Red Sea is meant to be really good. <laughs> is is that your thing or not? Not really, no, Tom. No, well, you stay you stay above the water. Yeah, I, I don't really like putting goggles on and, and going underwater much. I went scuba diving with Michael Schumacher once. Did I ever tell you that? No, no, that must be it. There's a story here. Well, it was 93 and we went to the, um, we went scuba diving. Ended up on the same boat going scuba diving on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. So was it a coincidence or had you organised to do it together? No, we hadn't organised it to do it together, but um, 
Um, this is before everything kicked off with me and him. Um, so, but even so, I don't know whether I was more frightened of the, the sharks or him when I was. Did he there, win? I kept looking over my Because shoulder. Michael Schumacher, when he do so, does something with you, I want to. He, he wants to, to go deeper, didn't he? Yeah. yeah no, deeper. yeah. Go deeper. Come on, David, deeper. Uh, no, I, I just—it's very scary, you know. You get to the edge, and then it just gets. There's the abyss, you know. You go mm -hmm. off the edge of the coral reef, and it just goes deeper and darker. And um, so I'm not really big into scuba diving. Hey, but Jack, do you think uh, it's going to be more of the same in Brazil? Let's bring it back a couple of races. Well, difficult, difficult, Tom, because in, in um, Austin, we thought wrong. Here, wrong. So I think, I, I don't know it anymore. Everybody says it's, um, it's, it could be a Red Bull favorite track, but it can be the other way around. If they finish one two in the same order that they did here in mexico suddenly max is going to be more than a race win ahead of lewis with only three races to go yeah 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 that could be but you know it's racing every race is important well guys thank you for your time damon we haven't had time to do any ask damon questions this week but we will in the future so can you just give all the listeners They're call to arms. If you want to ask me a question or any of the panel, send us a voice message to askdamonhill at gmail.com. So, guys, thank you very much. Damon, travel safe back to the UK. Jack, have a great time in Cancun. Okay, boys, thank you very much. F1 Nation is produced by Formula One in association with Audio Boom Studios. Okay.